Well, hello, church. How you all doing? Good. It is good to be here. I um, got challenged this morning by a scripture as I was wrapping up this, and it said, do not grumble. So I actually need to not grumble anymore about doing this because as a servant of the Lord, we want to honour him with all that we have. And so um, it is good to be here tonight. For those of you joining us online, great to have you with us too. And Peacock and Paul, you will keep. You will keep. Well, we are in the series of coming together under the authority of Scripture. And so this week, um, I'm going to be talking about that. And last week on Facebook, you know, there's those posts that come up that remind you of things, usually a year anniversary or something like that. Well, for us and my family, it came up and it said 33 years ago, my family, my siblings, my parents, we moved from New Zealand to Australia. Can't believe it, 33 years ago. And we moved down to the Redlands area. So for those who don't know that, the south side of Brisbane. Yeah, 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 I know. I know there's a rivalry between the Southsiders and the Northsiders. I'm just going to say I have a foot in both camps because I met my husband down on the south side and awesome memories from the south side. But now I'm living here and making awesome memories here. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Anyway... Down in Redlands on the south side, we are really close to North Strobroke Island. This beautiful island has awesome beaches, rolling surf, beautiful lakes, blue lakes and green lakes. And actually, my son, who's usually here, is on Stratty for the first time ever through university. So who would have thought that the day I'm talking about Stratty, he's actually over there. Anyway, it's over the years, it's been in the news headlines, mostly due to rescues. Things like man saved after a shark attack, couple hauled to safety from the rocks, school kids rescue after partying too hard for schoolies, but perhaps the most unusual rescue occurred back in 2012. And the news headline read, How Not to Get to Stratty. And this is How Not to Get to Stratty. All right, let me read to you. The news article, it says, three young tourists on holiday got stuck in their hire car after they tried to drive it to Stratty. The low tide and a GPS navigation system lured them into the bay at Oyster Point at Cleveland. A firm gravel surface quickly gave way to the renowned bay mangrove mud. And the Hyonda gets was soon up in its axles, but not before they managed to travel 500 metres. Their planned adventure to Stratty ended at 11am and the incoming tide soon forced them to seek help and abandon their vehicle. By 3pm, the car was stranded in two metres of water. The students had wanted to take a day trip to Stratty and believed that their GPS unit would be able to guide them there. The GPS did not mention that there was 15 kilometres of water and mud between the mainland and the island. The 21-year-old said she was listening to the GPS and it told them that they could drive down there. It kept saying it would navigate us to the road and then we got stuck and there was lots of mud. Amusing as this story may sound, this innocent young tourist believed that they were doing the right thing, that they were following the GPS. Now, was the GPS lying? 
Were they heading in the right direction to Strati? Yes. Was it 15 kilometres away? Yes. So what happened to these three young tourists and how did they get stuck in the mud? I think perhaps their lack of knowledge of the area may have had something to do with it. Blindly following the GPS led them to make a series of unwise decisions, such as not understanding what they were seeing on the GPS, not paying attention to all the signposts that were around, not noticing the vast body of water right in front of them, and not understanding the limitations of their vehicle. Sorry to say, but the mighty gets, it's not an aqueduct. JL, Laura and Caitlin. You know, church, I think at times we could probably all identify with these poor tourists. When they have been times in our lives that we've been cruising along in our walks with God, thinking we're doing okay, thinking we're heading in the right direction, thinking we're hearing from God, thinking we're doing really, really well, and then, next minute, through a lack of knowledge, lack of wisdom, discernment and clarity, we find ourselves in situations that we did not expect. We get stuck, and there's lots of mud. Usually, it's not just one decision that gets us to that point. It is usually a series of subtle decisions and choices that end up becoming costly. Well, you know, in 2 Timothy, the church in Ephesus was going through a similar thing. The church had been well-established, and it had been under the leadership, firstly, of St. Paul, and now of Timothy. These were godly men. They'd been well-established in their faith, yet now they were starting to drift from the true teachings of God's word. They started to partake in godless chatter, and the more that they indulged themselves, the more ungodly they became. Little by little, false teachings began to, interf- sorry, began to infiltrate the church, causing dissension and even to the point of some abandoning their faith. Paul, who was imprisoned in Rome at the time, he was experiencing firsthand the suffering and the persecution for being a Christ follower. He knows that the good fight for him is about to come to an end. So he writes to Timothy to encourage and urge him to continue in the good work that he is doing and to teach the church how to stay on track. Let's have a look at what Paul says. If you've got your Bibles, your gadgets, let's go to 2 Timothy and we're going to read from chapter 3. Um, verse 14, and then we're going to carry on to chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. It says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Chapter 4. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come 
when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to the myths. Paul knows that a time is coming for Timothy where people will be lovers of themselves, where they'll be boastful, where they'll be proud, where they'll be unholy, without love, where they will have, be without self-control. They'll be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. He warns Timothy to have nothing to do with such people because they are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Paul says in his letter, You, Timothy, however, you know all about my teachings, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions and sufferings. You know that the Lord has rescued me. So, Timothy, you need to keep fighting the good fight. You need to keep preaching and teaching God's word because you know what it has taught you over the years. You know that through the teachings of others, through observing their lives of faithfulness, their lives of trustworthiness, integrity and credibility, and through learning and knowing the holy scriptures taught to you since you were a child, from your mother and from your grandmother, you know what it can do. You know that it has life changing power which led you to a personal savior with Jesus Christ and it equipped you for living a good and righteous life. Some of us be able, may be able to resonate with this particularly those raised in Christian homes where your grandparents and your parents had those massive scripture plaques hanging up on their wall. Anyone remember that? I think ours was the Lord is my shepherd or you had the Gaithers blasting through the house on this prehistoric record player or tape deck. Probably some of you next gens have no idea what I'm talking about. Anyway, or you may remember going to creche, then Sunday school as you fought for the front row so that when the memory verse challenge came up, you could stand up there proudly and quote word for word John 3:16. Or even when you got to youth group age and you... Um, one, the Bible quiz, and then your youth group were the best in the district. Anybody remember that? Surely there's somebody here that remembers that. Well, you know that um, as Christ followers, sorry, when we are taught, excuse me, double pages, double pages. I don't know about you, but I want to be honest about my motivation back then. I don't think I learned all those memory verses, and I don't think I did any of that for my spiritual growth. It was purely for the lollies and for the victory. Yet funnily enough, a few decades on, those very same scriptures took on a whole new meaning when I came into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So grandparents and parents, Sunday school teachers, slam, tam, slam jam leaders, youth leaders, don't ever underestimate the impact or influence that you can have on future generations as you model godly living and wise teaching of God's word. And young people, lots of young people here tonight, don't underestimate the impact your scriptural texts, Instagrams, Bible apps can have on your parents, family and friends. 
I have a child. Actually, I have five children. Um, but this particular child has scriptures handwritten out, printed out, and even painted out all over her room, even on her windows. And I must say, each time that I'm in that room, I get inspired. I get encouraged. I'm challenged. Sometimes I'm even convicted. Other times I'm totally blessed by what the scriptures say. Another section of a wall is, the dedicated, is dedicated to the names of the family members and friends of hers who do not yet know Christ. This reminds me that as Christ followers, we are to proclaim the good news of salvation. As Paul reminded Timothy, because the Holy Scriptures are living and are inspired by God through the power of the Holy Spirit. It can introduce someone to the person of Jesus Christ, bringing about repentance and salvation. These God-breathed scriptures that never change, that will never ever fail, that will never lose its divine power, continues to equip each of us for good and for right living. Paul urges Timothy to make sure that the church knows these deep truths of scripture, that he was to teach them everything that he knew through public reading of scripture, through preaching and teaching the good, the bad and the ugly. I don't know about you guys, but I don't know if I was Timothy, I don't think I'd be so excited and jumping up and down and saying, yeah, 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 pick me, I'll do that, I'll do that. Don't mind doing the first one, the good stuff, but I don't know if I want to be doing the other two, the bad and the ugly. But you see, Paul knows teaching the church scripture, all scripture, the good, the bad and the ugly, gives knowledge and wisdom to discern and navigate through life especially when things get messy and unclear. He doesn't want them to go off track. He doesn't want them to get stuck. He knew that scripture would be essential for the church to stay strong in faith as they navigated through the doctrinal issues that were going on at the time. John Piper, he highlights the value of scripture by saying, scripture is knowledge that is unshakable, knowledge that is true, and knowledge that is infinitely valuable. That is what scripture is. When we are taught correctly by scriptures, we are first reproved. That is, that our errors are pointed out and we are stopped dead in our tracks. Then we are corrected. That is, that we are turned around from the harmful way that we're going and we're pointed back into the right way. And thirdly, we are trained in righteousness, and that is The Bible gives us instructions for good and right living. And as scripture does these three things, reprove, correct, train, the good, the bad and the ugly, it equips us all for every good deed. Notice here what Piper says, when we are taught correctly by scriptures. This is exactly what Timothy was facing in the church at Ephesus. There were competing teachings corrupting the authenticity authenticity and the accuracy of scriptures. Church, we need to make sure that we are sitting under godly inspired teaching by those who have reputable lives and have integrity and credibility. Now let's be serious. Who here, hands up, who here likes to be told when they're wrong? No, ha- Ah, we've got a few, we've got a few. Well, let's be honest people. Who here is like me and immediately tries to justify? 
All right, my family are all nodding their heads over there, agreeing. Or who refuses to admit when they're wrong? Who doesn't even care? Who doesn't even care? Well, I'm sure many of us do not like to be told when we are wrong. However, this is what I so love about scriptures. It's not anyone telling us when we're wrong. It is God through his word. That's what I love about scripture. It does exactly that. It reproves us. It corrects us. And then it points us in the right direction. Most of us can easily recite scriptures of faith, love, hope, comfort, strength. But how often do you hear people quoting scriptures like Titus 1.16? You ready? You profess to know God, but by your deeds you deny him being detestable and disobedient and worthless for any good deed. Do we hear anyone telling each other that? I don't think so. But really, church, if we want to be real with one another, if we want to come together as the body of Christ under the authority of Scripture, then we need to be hearing and adhering to all Scripture, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like those tourists on their way to Stratty, we've got all the right gear. We've got God's Word and we've got the Holy Spirit. And a great plan, but somehow we still keep getting stuck. Perhaps it's because the influences of our world and our culture, the philosophies, the false teachings, they confuse us, luring us into deceitful and corrupt ways of thinking, infiltrating into our universities, our school communities and our families, and sadly, even into our churches. Or it could be pure disobedience. We like to do things our way rather than then letting God lead us his way. Like the Ephesians, ones who chose not to put up a sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desires, they gathered around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears wanted to hear. You may know people like that. They come and they ask you for your wisdom and for truth and for your opinion, and they don't like what you hear. And so what do they do? They go to the next person. And then they go to the next person and they go to the next person until finally they find someone that will agree with them or be of the same opinion. The next thing you know, they're going off track. Like a little kid who wants something, goes to dad, he says no, goes to mum, mum says no. And then, well, they know there's always Nana, right? Church, the way out of being stuck is the word of God. Scriptures in the hands of the Holy Spirit. But if we are to be led by Scripture, guess what? You're going to actually have to read it. You're going to actually have to know it. And if you're wanting to follow him, then we have to apply it to our lives. Kind of how the GPS navigates you to your destination, Scripture navigates us to God. But as we know from the strategy analogy, knowledge isn't enough. We know that eating a one-litre connoisseur chocolate brownie and custard ice cream in one sitting cannot be good for you, JL. I will say it was her birthday, but it was midnight. And so we need to make sure, even with knowledge, that we can apply wisdom, discernment and clarity when we find ourselves in sticky situations. I'm sure the tourists knew that the mighty gets wouldn't float. But along with knowledge, they also need wisdom and with a little common sense too. Just knowing what is in the Bible is a bit like knowing that cars don't float. 
Wisdom is using that knowledge and applying it to truth. If we are lacking in wisdom, James says, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. So then church, we should be asking God to give us wisdom when we read and apply his word. A little bit of discernment can go a long way also. It is the ability to judge well, so you don't blindly follow scripture and take it out of context. So you don't just pick and choose the scriptures to say what you want them to say. It helps you see the full picture. It's not just not knowing scripture, but it's applying it to the right situation. It often involves seeing the things that are hidden and unseen, revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Discernment also helps us to see things from God's point of view. It gives us clarity in all situations. Now, ladies, as any of you are at the Colour Conference or have husbands or kids, you may be familiar with the term, sorry, you may be familiar with the term, maybe, domestic blindness. Anyone know domestic blindness? Well, let me tell you what Lisa Bevere says about domestic blindness. It's those times when you look, but you don't really see. Like when your husband, who's standing with the fridge door open, looking intently for the milk, and is convinced it's disappeared. So you go over there just to make sure before you head out to the store to buy some more. And then guess what? There it is on the top shelf right in front of him. That's domestic blindness. Whether it's husbands looking for milk or whether it's kids looking for their school socks or school uniforms, um, that's, sorry, that we all need clarity. Clarity is seen clear, clearly. Clarity involves truthfully observing reality. Not just what we want to see, we need to accurately observe what is in the Bible. Sometimes the answer and the truths are right in front of us. Other times we might need to help, some help to see what God is saying to us or what decisions we need to make. We need to find godly-minded people and those more experienced and mature in our faith to help us. As the worship team comes up, let us remember that scriptures are the living word of God, that together with the Holy Spirit, they reprove, correct, teach, train, and encourage us through wisdom, through discernment, and through clarity to know the person of Jesus Christ and to equip us for good and right living that will keep us on track and not get stuck. Let me encourage you to get into his word. Learn it. Study it. Meditate on it day and night. Prioritize it. Prioritize your quiet times. Do whatever it takes to make it happen. Join a growth group. You saw Paul up there. Join a growth group if you haven't already. Sit under it. Find a church where you are constantly under the word of God. Learn from one another. If you guys don't understand something and you need clarity or you need wisdom, you could go to Google. I would recommend seeking out one of the elders or pastors or leaders in our church. Let me leave you with what God says about his word. Keep them upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames 
of your houses and on your gates. Because God's word is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. This is what the Lord says. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way that you should go. So church, you don't need to be stuck. You just need to know God's word.